Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 390, our first of 2023, I get to welcome to the show, Carrie Kampakis. Okay, something's got to change. It's not going to start with her, so it's got to start with me. So how can I be the adult in this relationship and just try to keep loving her and correcting these behaviors that I don't like, but also not sacrificing our relationship as I do that? Hey, moms of girls, this episode is for you. And us boy moms get to listen in and learn as well, especially the end of this episode. She has great advice for helping your child navigate friendships where one friend may be making different choices than your child is making and how to coach them through that. I had been asked by several friends, have you ever interviewed Carrie Kampakis? And I hadn't. We'd been living these parallel lives, her with her four girls, me with my four boys, and I'm thrilled to now call her friend. We had such a great conversation, so much so, in fact, that we actually recorded a second episode that I'll be releasing soon that is focused on how we are more than a mom. But today, we're focused on your connection with your daughter. Carrie's written a book called Love Her Well, 10 Ways to Find Joy in Connection with Your Teenage Daughter. And so she's here today to remind us that we can be a valid voice in our daughter's lives and that even as they enter teen years, you can cultivate that relationship through humility and compassion. She has so much wisdom and great perspective. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Carrie, it is about time. I'm so thankful to have you on the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Well, I'm so excited to be here. I've been a fan of your podcast for a while, so this is exciting for me. Well, and I love your accent, Birmingham. Is that yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have family in Birmingham. And uh, yeah, we live two different worlds, you and I. Not, we're both in the South, but like four girls, four boys. And so I've had all my friends who have girls say, oh, have you had carry on? You need to have carry on. Oh my gosh, she's so good. Everything she writes is just so helpful. And I was like... Y'all, I'm thankful that you told me because one, I'm always thrilled that girls are getting taken care of and their moms are for my future daughter-in-laws. And two, like, yeah, a lot of my listeners have girls, so they need to know you. They need to know you. And you've been doing this online thing for a while. How long have you been writing and And all that? I would say, I guess I started blogging about 2012, maybe around the time you did. I don't know if you're in that same period. When, so, yeah. yeah, for a while. And I really don't even blog that much anymore. I do more podcasting and social media. But yeah, yeah, the social media has kind of taken over for blogging. You yes. Know? Yeah, it's a lot. It's good. But for writers, I feel like it's just more and more to keep up with. And, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so you have four books out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we're going to have two episodes, y'all, because I want to talk to Carrie about all the things. So the first conversation we're going to have is focused in on your heart for girls and particularly tween and teen girls. And I know you just posted about having a perspective shift around these years that moms of girls are kind of told from when they're before they're even born, before their girls are born that, oh, man, those teen years are going to be. And I heard that even as a boy mom, people are like, well, thank goodness they're not girls. Did you really? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they would tell me things about boys and they're little and, oh, I bet that's, you know, high energy. They, everybody has labels for what they think my home is, mm-hmm. but they said, oh, in those teen years, you're lucky because that, that would be so much harder. Right. 
I know. Well, and for the moms hearing that, especially when you're a new mom, I mean, I mean, I can remember holding this beautiful newborn baby and, you know, they're like, oh, she's so sweet and precious. And then just enjoy it, honey, because you're in for it. And so, you know, then, you know, when you have the same sex over and over and over, I had four girls, you just hear that all the more. And so I really, it made me just parent with dread. And I see a lot of these young moms have that same type of dread. Like, I just want to enjoy their childhood because you feel like that's the peak parenting experience and it's all downhill from there. And I think that's the narrative that society gives us. And so I parented like that, like this, these are the magical years. And now I've been doing this 20 years. I don't believe that at all. Like, I'm like, I would not go back to those little years. That was hard having four little ones. And the teenage years are hard too, but I'm enjoying them even more. Um, despite the challenges. Yes, it's hard, but I do think that the way that we see them and perceive them and how we see our role as parents can make all the difference in whether we're dreading it or actually trying to enjoy it when we can. Well, and I think you have the benefit, like you said, 20 years, you're hitting where some of my mentors have said, just wait till like sophomore year of college. Right. <laughs> have like right. a little bit better perspective on their experience. They won't be so hard on you. Right. And so you have that payoff now happening with your oldest, maybe I do. She's a sophomore at Auburn. And, um, and I do, I definitely feel that way. And we, we laugh about it that we were close in high school, but we feel like we're so much closer now than we were when she was at home. And to me, that's, I just think God just brings new blessings in every new season. And especially when it's your first child, it's so, it's so easy just to cling to the past and to not want anything to change and to just see it as a completely sad transition. And that's how I felt just because I didn't know better, but it's been so fun. And I've loved seeing her meet new friends and, you know, she'll call me on the way to class or we'll FaceTime and I get to see her, you know, talking to her friends and just, I see how happy she is. And I mean, granted she's close by, she's two hours away. So that makes a difference. But I do think that as moms, you know, we'll never fully be appreciated, but sometimes they really can't appreciate us too much until they're out of the house, you know, until we're not doing those things that we do for them. And they don't have us there every day. And so I, th- I think that there's definitely blessings on the other side. Plus they're more mature and um, I don't know, it's just fun. I really, I'm enjoying the season a lot more than I thought I would. And is it changing how you parent your current teens that are at home? So yes. how has that changed? Cause I think we need that. We need this pet talk for the moms that are in it and don't have the payoff yet. Right. And, and I want to say that every child is different and every yeah. mom is different. And so yeah. I, and I, I hate to say this. And then somebody is listening and their child's in college and they're struggling and mm-hmm. or they're not feeling close to their child. So I just totally. don't think that. Yeah. I just, you know, take that with a grain of salt because I might not have the same experience with all four of my girls, but you know, it's uh, knowing that it is possible. It's given me hope for the rest of them. And I know that this is how it can be and it can be even better. But um, I think with my other girls, what it's done is it's just taught me to keep being strong and just to keep loving my girls, even when I'm, I don't feel like it's getting reciprocated because I feel like that's where we get stuck. A lot of times as moms is where we're showing them love and, you know, we're doing all these things for them. And when they're little, I do feel like it's reciprocated pretty well. Like they're hugging us and kissing us and wanting to spend time with us. And then where I start to see the disconnect is in the teenage years where we're trying to do even maybe more so as moms because we want to keep that connection. And yet it's not always being received or reciprocated or they're being feisty or angry or, you know, they have things going on in their life. And um, what I have to remember was 
you know, when I was a teenager, I wasn't sitting there thinking about, you know, how's my mom doing today? You know, am I making her feel good? You know, like they're not thinking about us and our feelings like we're thinking about them. And I'm not saying that we don't need to correct attitudes and behaviors. Like I'm very big on you can't talk to me like that. You know, and in my mind, I know I'm preparing them for the future because one day it won't be me they're coming home to. It might be their roommate or their husband or somebody else. And I know if I allow them to make me their punching bag, then one day it'll be somebody else. So I'm not doing them any favors. But at the same time, I think it's good to remember that this, I mean, these teenagers have it so much harder than we did at their age. And I think I'm just so aware of that because of the work I do. And when we do see anger or feistiness, a lot of times that's a secondary emotion and there's something underneath that. And it might be a challenge or, or sadness, something that they're going through anxiety. And so if we can just, you know, put our pride aside as moms sometimes and keep loving them and keep being steady for them, that person and not stop reaching out, not stop extending those invitations, even if they say no, just keep doing that. Then I do think we'll build that connection. But in order to do that, I do believe that we've got to have our mom friends and we need our adult village. And that is, if I had one message to give to the moms behind me, I, I don't know if others have done this, but I know I did it, that I was so all in in my motherhood that I really put my friends on the back burner. I put my relationships on the back burner, my marriage on the back burner. And you know, at the time, like I said, your kids are reciprocating. So it felt pretty rewarding. But then as they become teenagers and they're talking back or, you know, saying, no, I don't want to go walking with you. You know, it's just difficult. You know, you've got to be getting love from somewhere in your life. And I think that's where we can really support our friends. And that has helped me so much. I'm like, if I feel strong in those other relationships and I have people who I know love me and they're pouring into me and I'm taking care of myself, then it allows me to be a strong mom. It allows me to, to keep extending those invitations and loving them regardless of how they're treating me today. Yes. We're going to really, really dig into that in our next little convo. Cause mm -hmm. I definitely like that whole, where do you find your identity? And all of that. And I think the friendships you mentioned to me, having someone you can vent to during that season, because I, I don't know if you found this to be true, but finding a safe person, particularly if your kids are in a the same community, I think it's hard. So someone who's not necessarily with kids in your community, but right. that you can share the hard things with, and they won't see your kid in a negative light or give you... <laughs> advice that's more hurtful than helpful. Yes. How do you navigate that? Yes. You know, I, I think this is where old friends come in really handy. A lot of my oldest friends and my best friends from 20 or 30 years ago live in different cities. Mm. And I've had that situation sometimes like, okay, I need to vent or I need to think through this or talk through this. And I, I don't really feel comfortable sharing it with somebody that I'm in the daily world with. And so, but it never fails that whenever I make that phone call and I I share that with them. They've got something to share with me too, that they've got their own struggle going on and they can't really talk about it in their community. And so we're able to give that to each other. And going back to me now having a college age daughter, I mean, it, I'm so mindful of that. Like, you know, she is making those friends now. Like she mm -hmm. has no idea that hopefully she'll have those same kind of friendships that if you're choosing your friends well, then you're going to have those people that 20 or 30 years from now, you can call up with some of those hardest struggles you're going through. Um, so that's one way I'm also, I'm a big believer too, in just multi-generational friendships Yeah, that I, I think that really does not get talked about enough, but, yeah. um, you know, I've got some neighbors and they're ahead of me. And mm -hmm. so their girls are in their thirties, they're married, they're over there all the time with their babies. And I'm, I'm showing my girls like, okay, look girls, that's what I'm dreaming of. You know, like, I hope that will be us one day. You're coming back here with your husbands and your babies and we're kind of that hub. But um, I think that's also that you can also find a safe place there from those moms 
who have been there and have done that. They're 10 or 15 or 20 years past it. And they always give me a lot of hope because especially if you're in the midst of a struggle, that sometimes a parent in the same season of life is just panicking with you. But somebody that's been there and that's been through that challenge or something even bigger than that, they can give you that hope that they'll get through it. You know, my child went through this or my child did this. And now they're, you know, now they're here in a much better place. And I really think that we need to do that for each other. As you're entering a new year, maybe one of your goals is to tackle your wardrobe and get some fresh pieces, things that you'd actually wear into your closet. And I want to connect you with a great option, especially if you know what brands you love, you know your style, you just need a little help finding those things and you don't have hours to scour the internet for them. Well, I want to connect you with Stitch Fix. And if you've tried it before, I want to encourage you to try it again because They have developed some things that I personally love, like once I've put in my sizes, my preferences, my brands I love, um, I've even told them my color choices. Now that I know I'm a spring, I need little small details. My style is natural ingenue. So I know what I need. And so I can tell my stylist that I also, it kind of curates my own little store there on Stitch Fix. And so they are this partner for me. They help collaborate with me on looks I'm going to love. And all you have to do is take that quiz and then they'll keep your sizes in there. So it's a perfect fit. You don't have to go searching to make sure you have your sizes. They have over a thousand brands and styles. Now they will send you several pieces that you can try on at home before you buy. You keep what you love and send back the rest. And those shippings, returns, and exchanges are always free. I also just love, like I told y'all, typing in boots and then they pop up different options and I just click because it already has my size in there and they send me the boots and I can keep them or exchange them, return them. I loved them. I wear them all the time. There is no subscription required. So you can just say, hey, I need a refresh and order it. Or you can do a seasonal regular fix. You are in control of your Stitch Fix. Uh, Right now, Stitch Fix is offering my listeners $20 off their first fix if you go to stitchfix.com forward slash DMA. That's stitchfix.com forward slash DMA for $20 off today. Stitchfix.com forward slash DMA. Yeah, and finding the ones who give you that positive perspective, not the ones who are saying, oh yeah, those teen girls, they're so terrible. I mean, I had a mentor. Um, She was my first episode on the podcast, Leslie Johnson. She has four boys and it was always so helpful. Like she's few seasons ahead of me and to have Mm -hmm. her thoughts, even when things were hard, she would share. And so I have that in the back of my head of like what was hard, but how she navigated, how she trusted God through it. And so, yeah, find someone who has similar dynamics. Maybe you have a child with special needs and how they navigate that as a family, or maybe you have the split, like I grew up in with two and then 11 years later, two more, how they navigate the the uniqueness, like you said, every mom is different. Every kid is different. I have four different versions of a boy. I'm sure you have four different versions of a girl. Um, and that even impacts, like you were saying, I let them know I can't, you know, they can't talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I know with my four boys, how I even handle that conversation is different. Yes. And some boys will receive that. And some boys, it just escalates and escalates. And this is not going anywhere. Good. And so I've had to learn like how to set that boundary and when, like it may not be in that heated moment. It may be a conversation later, like 
I could tell you were really upset. And I understand that maybe behind that you were scared or you were overwhelmed, but just so you know, the, the words that you said were really hurtful. <laughs> yes. You may not talk to me like that, like to say it, to set the boundary, yes. but not in the moment where he will then come on even stronger. Like it yes. just like puts fuel on the fire. So when the girls are all like, I, what I hear is girls have a lot of emotions, which we all have a lot of emotions. Right. I don't like that phrase, but when we are all feeling our feelings and it's all coming out and spilling out everywhere, how do y'all navigate that as a family? Do you have some guidelines or tips? Yeah. You know, one thing that has always stuck with me, um, I feel like we go through that. I don't want to say my girls aren't emotional, but we don't, I don't feel like we're dealing with like huge emotions every day, but we do talk about it. I feel like for us, the biggest struggle was right when they were becoming teenagers. And when, when my first daughter went through it, I, that's when I was like totally doing everything wrong because I just didn't know I wasn't expecting it. So what was wrong? What was wrong that you did? Well, what was wrong was um, what I didn't know was, you know, she would be feisty to me or she would be short with me and I would do it right back. Mm. And it brought back those memories of growing up with sisters, <laughs> like the mm. fights, you know, you have these fights you had with your siblings and, you know, you don't think about it. And I'd, I'd, I'd never fought with anybody like that. So you think that's buried and in your past, but it like dredges it all back up. <laughs> You're and like so reliving that. Yes. I'm reliving it. She gets feisty and I'm feisty. Then we're just like, no. And I'm like, you can't talk to me like that. And, you know, it's just, and so it's just, I was mirroring her basically. And so it just made it worse and worse. And so, and then, you know, my head, I'm like, I better dig in my heels. I'm pulling out that narrative. Everybody says teenagers are a pain. I better like show them who's the boss. And it just kept escalating and escalating. It was about six months later and it wasn't an everyday thing, but when we had these fights, it's just nothing good happened. And we had this fight before she went to school and it was always ever stupid stuff. And she went to school and I just like had a breakdown. I think God just convicted my heart. And I was like, okay, this is not working. I'm not proud of how I'm behaving. I'm like, I'm not even loving. I don't even feel loving toward her. I just felt cold and bad and bitter and mad. And I knew that something was wrong inside of me. And so it took a lot of soul searching. And so that was like my breakdown moment It's what led me to write love her well. But so I think with emotions, you know, we can do that as moms and we shut down there instead of like, okay, just don't say anything, you know, just hold your tongue. You know, we're not going to, I'm not going to fight this conversation with you. And one thing that helped me was a psychologist told me once that um, teenagers are having these big thoughts and big feelings and big emotions, but the part of your brain that interprets those emotions, that prefrontal cortex is behind the emotions themselves. So they have a hyperactive amygdala, that's your fight or flight instinct, but an underactive prefrontal cortex, which is that part of your brain that calms yourself down. And so really, and I think their brain's like 80% developed a teenager. So the parent's role is to try to be that 20% of their brain. And so obviously, like you said, but there are some kids, you can't talk to them in the moment. You know, you just got to let them figure out a way for them to like learn to work through their emotions, but think, okay, I need to have this conversation later. And that's what I love about moms. Moms have so much wisdom in knowing these things. Like yeah. this child needs this, this one, this might help them right now, but this is only going to escalate it with this child. And so, um, but that's what I learned was, and I also learned is just talking about emotions when they're not in an emotional state of mind, mm. you know, just talk about okay, what do we do? You know, y'all, I'm, I'm just angsty right now. It's, it's that time of the month for me. And I just want to claw somebody's eyes out. Like, 
let them know that that's normal, you know, but I'm like, I was feeling like this, but I was kind of being feisty to my friend and I had to call and apologize later. Or I know that this is not a time where I need to maybe be interacting with people because I'm just in a bad mood today and I'm going to take it out on somebody or I did it with you. And I've learned that as a mom, that sometimes instead of always pointing the finger at them, if I can think maybe they've got an issue with this, but I have, I've had an issue with that before too. And sharing a story about myself rather than them, you know, it might be, you know, what I used to really, I was thinking the other day, what I used to really struggle with was pride or, or whatever it is, or anger or jealousy and kind of sharing how I worked through it. I think sometimes we can plant the seeds that way to help them learn how to work through it too. That's good. That's good. And, and talk through like, when you do have that conflict, like the day that you realize, man, I don't want to be like this anymore. Yes. The repair process, the reconciliation process, how do, what does that look like for y'all? Yes. Well, going back to, I think we bring our childhood dynamics. And so what happened in my family, I brought my sisters and I, we used to, we grew up in a family of five kids. And so we would get in a fight and then we just wouldn't talk for three days. Like there was no reconciliation. There was no repair. And then it's like, when we started talking again, that's when it was over. So I didn't realize that that wasn't the healthiest way to do conflict. <laughs> I, I love my sisters. We're all close, but I brought that into my parenting. And so I would just, we'd get in these fights and I was, I was just too prideful to admit that I was wrong or to apologize. And I was just waiting for her to apologize, which you'll be waiting a long time if you're waiting for that from a teenager and you're not doing it yourself. So it, for us, it just, the gap kept getting bigger. And so it was really that, that day I had that breakdown in my closet and God is so gracious. I went to the gym that day. First person I saw was a mom ahead of me. He's always giving me good advice. And I was kind of embarrassed to share what had happened, but I did. And I'll say, so thankful I did because I was like, do you ever have this with your daughter? She was like, oh yes. She's like, you got to circle back around. She's like, gosh, after you've calmed down, circle back around, apologize and, you know, make it right. And so I was like, okay, I can do that. So I prayed about it. When she came home from school that day, I was like, you know, circle back around. And I was like, you know, I just, I hate this arguing that we're doing and I miss our close relationship. And my daughter said that she did too, that we just, we didn't like how we were fighting more. And I asked her, I was like, you know, am I doing something that's pushing you away? Is it something that I'm doing? And I expected her to say, no, mom, you're perfect. And she was like, actually, yes, you've been more critical lately. Mm -hmm. I just like you're putting higher expectations on me. You're just harder to please. And, you know, that's a, that's a jab in the heart. But she was just being honest and she was right. And when I sat and thought about it, I was like, I am being harder on her. I'm being hard on myself right now. And I'm, I think I'm projecting it on her as my oldest child. So and that's for parents. I think we got to bring let our humility come in and say, okay, that, that hurt, but that would, that does not hurt as much as losing a relationship with my child. Like I will take that any day to keep that connection. So that was really my starting point was like, okay, something's got to change. It's not going to start with her. So it's got to start with me. So how can I be the adult in this relationship and just try to keep loving her and correcting these behaviors that I don't like, but also not sacrificing our relationship as I do that. I love talking to y'all about this next sponsor, Glad Skin Products, because maybe like me, you have been dealing with eczema or acne or rosacea, and you are frustrated like I have been trying lots of products without any relief. Well, I finally found something that has cleared up my acne, and it is Glad Skin. If you want in 2023 for your skin to feel happier and healthier, you've got to check this out because Glad Skin is this new category of skin treatment that's for people of all ages with eczema-prone, acne-prone, and rosacea-prone 
skin. All of these inflammatory skin conditions are usually driven by a disruption in the bacterial environment living on your skin. So what Glad Skin does is it targets that imbalance in your skin's microbiome. Unlike other skin brands, it uses Microbalance, which is a revolutionary smart protein that restores that balance of good and bad bacteria that lives on your skin. It's so effective that 91% of users, adults and children who try their top selling eczema cream reported significant improvement after just seven days. For adults, their Glad Skin with Microbalance is steroid free. It works without harsh ingredients. So if you wanna start your journey to stronger and healthier skin today with Glad Skin, they're offering my listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash DMA. That's gladskin.com slash DMA for 15% off plus free shipping. Gladskin.com slash DMA. I'm telling y'all, I use my own cash dollars. I buy this product. I use the acne cream and it is totally transformed my skin since before using it. So check it out. I'm a big fan of dinners as a family and the more kids you have and the older they get, the harder that becomes, especially with all the different schedules with sports in after school and teens going off and about, well, one thing that helps us make sure we get farm fresh ingredients and good recipes is using HelloFresh. And if you've never tried a meal kit service before. This has been my favorite one. I've tried several. What I love is they have recipes that all my boys will eat. They are actual things they will eat. You can go on there and you can pick and choose what works best for your family. They have fast and fresh recipes with lots of flavors and filling portions that can be ready in 15 minutes. Things like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernays sauce, Southwest pork and beans burritos. Some of my boys' favorite meals have come from HelloFresh. It's also, they have, uh, if you want calorie smart as, as you're entering the new year and you have goals for eating or carb smart, or maybe you just have a goal to eat more whole foods, this is a great option because they will send you ingredients that have vegetables that are in season, you also find that you're going to save money. It is 25% cheaper than takeout and grocery shopping. Uh, You're going to eat well. It's going to happen quickly. It's just kind of a no brainer. And that's why I'd love for you to just try it. And they have a great deal for y'all. If you go to hellofresh.com slash DMA 21 and use the code DMA 21, you're going to get 21 free meals plus free shipping. So go to hellofresh.com slash DMA21. Use the code DMA21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. I just want to help you all out so you can find why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Before we end this little segment, which... It seems like it goes too fast. One thing that I have noticed as we navigate teen and tween years is coaching our kids on how to navigate friendships when friends are going down different paths. So you have a teen child and maybe your child is not choosing harmful behaviors or coping mechanisms, but their really close friend from middle school is now in high school and choosing that. And how do we, especially those of us of faith, who do want our children to choose the best moral choices, 
how do we help coach them so that they don't sever relationships with people just because they're making different choices? Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, no, I think that's great. And um, I think it, it really goes back to they've got to find their, I think, find their security in God. And I tell parents, like, they don't believe you when you tell them that your friends can change overnight, your boyfriend or your girlfriend can break up with you, you know, like these things can happen overnight um, to our, our daughters and our sons, and they don't really believe you until it happens. And so I keep going back to like everything, even when there's a relationship that's kind of severed that, okay, God, if you're going to use this to draw them closer to you and to teach them to make you first and not put their friends on a, on a pedestal or their boyfriend on a pedestal or this team that they're on on a pedestal, then I trust you with that. And so I think just, you know, teaching them, I tell them too, like, especially when they turn 16, you really see this. I was like, you might be starting the night in a totally innocent place. You know, when you're 15, 14, I'm dropping you off somewhere. I know you're staying there for the night. You turn 16, your friends matter even more because you have good intentions, but but your friends are taking you to a party where you don't need to be. And all of a sudden you're in a place you never intended to be that's dangerous because of the friends you're hanging out with. Mm. So it is hard because you have to have those conversations, but then also like, you know, you can still love your friend and some people, you never know, they might come back into your life and they, you know, they've seen that happen. They've all, they're old enough now that they've had friends where they went different ways and then came back together. Mm. And so I'm always, I'm a big on telling them like, don't burn a bridge. Mm. And, you know, just, just be, your friendships can be fluid. Like, you know, most people can count their best, best friends on one hand. And if you have that, you're lucky, you know, you don't need to, you don't need 20 best friends. You don't have time to invest in 20 best friends, but you know, if you have a few solid, good friends, um, just know that even that might change a little bit, but God is always there. If you go through a lonely season, he's going to be there. And I think this is where we really see the healing power of family too, is that when they do have these friendship changes or they're, they're sad, or they see their friend making cha- choices that are not that great. Um, just really loving our children well at home and just strengthening them and just encouraging them to keep making the choices that they are. Because I do believe that, you know, good friends and real friends will find each other again. And as we all know, we all make mistakes and sometimes, you know, a friend has to go and find some other friends or make some bad choices to really want to come back to what they know is true. And so, you know, not judging anyone. I, I tell them too that we're all just one step away from falling off a cliff, you know, <laughs> one mistake. And so it's parents too. And so just always be humble and compassionate because one day that might be you. And um, and just really loving your friends. I just think that, you know, I try to give them that big picture perspective that, you know, you, I, I want you to be a healthy 40 year old, a healthy 45 year old, you know, and that's that's what you want for your friends, too. And so they might not be making great choices today or you might make a bad choice today. But that doesn't mean your future is over, because I think that's where the gospel comes in, that there's hope for all of us. And how do you help them coach? Like, let's say there's a group of friends and they are speaking badly of this person. How do you like help your child be the one that's like, Hey guys, let's like love is, you know, we can say it, don't judge love, but like, what does it look like practically? Right. To not be that group. That's like ostracizing someone. I I know that there are moms listening and their child's been the recipient of that or your child has been part of the group that is judging and ostracizing. So yeah. I mean, and I think that goes back to the friend choices that we make. And and again, I think sometimes we can share stories from our life. Like, I, I think we undervalue what we have to, to bring mm-hmm. to the table as moms. Yeah. And so I told them, I, I shared this in my book, that I was like, you know, I can remember a few years ago, I went on a, a mom's trip. And I don't get to go on many mom's trips because, as you know, we're busy in this season of life. But And I loved these moms individually, but as the group dynamic, it was just really negative and it was real gossipy. And I found myself participating and kind of joining in. 
And then it wasn't until the next day I was driving home and I just felt sick to my stomach. Mm. And I was like, oh, like, I just, I don't like how I feel. That was not uplifting to me. I don't like what I was doing or saying last night. So I think sharing that with our daughters, like you've got to be so mindful of that because, you know, you don't want to stay in those relationships. Like you can love those people, but that's not going to be healthy relationships because one day, even if they're talking about somebody else right now, they might be talking about you the next week. And those are not the kind of friendships you want. And so just really teaching them to like, you know, choose those friends where you're not in those situations a lot, that, you know, when you're with your friends, you're talking about positive things and you're not ta- gossiping about people or spreading rumors about people and, and letting them know too, that and, and with girls, especially that can be very bonding, kind of finding the common, in, common enemy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, really just being mindful of like, what are you and your friends bonding over? Yes, it's important to have fun. It's important to laugh. But if you're laughing over making fun of somebody or, you know, gossiping about somebody, then those are not healthy relationships and it's not going to take you down a healthy path where you want to be. That's really good advice. And you can try as best you can to change that dynamics of that group, but sometimes there's always an alpha female and right. you're not, if you're not her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I, think of, I think of mean girls. I think of all of the dynamics that happen in that movie. Well, and I, and I've seen this happen so many times and I've heard mom say it, that, you know, that we had, they had the sweetest group. And then one girl came in uh-huh. and I have a friend, her dad used to be a high school principal. And he said, it only takes one bad apple to spoil the bunch. And so I think that, you know, if you do have a group of people, girls or boys being mean, I'm not saying that they aren't, they aren't all accountable for their actions. They are, but a lot of times there's only one or two who are like genuinely mean, who are mean with no remorse, no conscience, all that. A lot of times some are just participating because they don't know better or they're scared or whatever. Or those are the rules of the group. That's what those you are need the rules to belong. Of the group. And they're yeah. just glad it's not them. Yeah. But, yeah, um, but I'm like, you thing. know, that's what I am with, with friendships. I'm like, you better choose your friends well, because if those are your friends, then, you know, something's going to happen. It's only a matter of time before they're going to turn on you. And so, and sometimes girls have to learn that the hard way, you know, if they don't believe you as a mom telling them that, then they might have to be the one that gets dropped. And again, you just, you know, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with this. They're going to go through this lonely season. But I always say this, I think moms sometimes just want that security of a friend group, but I'm like, it is so much better for your daughter to have start from scratch and to go through a lonely season than to stay in this group. That's not good for her, or that's not taking her in a good direction. Like don't sacrifice the quality for friendships just so she has something to do on Friday nights because God will use those lonely seasons. And I know a lot of moms, they say, that's actually when my daughter and I grew closer. Like we were spending a lot of Friday and Saturday nights together because, you know, one girl came into their friend group and they started being mean to her. But I do think that that's where God, you know, he can, he can work in their life and it might be two or three years later when they finally find real friends, but they'll be a better friend. They'll appreciate their friends in a whole new way. Like it's not a waste, even though it feels really hard at the time. Yeah. We have to let go of that ideal. Like, we yes. Think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Most, well. most girls, I, I really know very few girls who make it to college and have not had a lonely season mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. And I think that is just so normal. And just as we, if we, as moms can be strong and just see our role and just supporting them and being there and just pointing them back to God in those hard times that helping them become the friend they're meant to find. I do believe that good people find good people. And the great thing about college is that the last time these kids got to choose their friends, they were in junior high. You're not always too smart in junior high, but you know, now they're in a more mature place. Most people have had main friends. They don't want that anymore. So they're ready to to make better choices in college. So that's really where a lot of these kids find their, their lifelong friendships if they didn't find it earlier. Yeah. Well, mine all, our school ends in middle school. So they all had to do that or the, the first two who are in high school, they had to do it in high school. They had to learn how to make friends 
right. freshman year, which was, it's hard. And you're right. There are lonely nights and weekends that first semester, but it is so worth it. That skill of having to navigate that. And oh my goodness, you are such a wealth of information. So y'all definitely check out Love Her Well. You also have two other girl books that you wrote when your kid, your girls were littler. One is 10 Ultimate, finish the title for me. 10, yes, 10 Ultimate Truths Girls Should Know. Yes. And what's the other one? And the other one is Liked, Whose Approval Are You Living For? Yes. Which is exactly what we we're just talking about, right? Like <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Helping shape that character and their identity in Christ first. And then I feel like the overflow is you're going to draw those quality people. And so- right. Pointing them to that. Um, Okay, y'all stick around next week. We're going to have Carrie come back and talk about moms and your identity. Thanks y'all for joining us. Like I said, Carrie will be back with more. We're going to talk about being moms and how we are more than moms, how we are gifted as women and how to hold on to ourselves in the midst of parenting and how that impacts our kids. Um, I think she and I have had that experience with our kids now being older. And we'd love to share that with y'all. Make sure you check out Carrie's Instagram account. It is full of encouragement all the time. She's really, really, really good at writing encouraging words. So check that out. Also, I'm going to pray for us. Lord, I know that there's a lot of pain and fear and guilt and shame that can come with parenting and particularly moms with daughters can bring up um, some real hurts from how that mom wished she was loved and how she longs to be a good mom and yet is struggling and just caught in a cycle of wishing she was responding differently but not knowing how and lord i pray that you would supernaturally fill her with your identity statements over her, that she would find the love she's looking for in you as a mom, and that she could extend that same gracious, compassionate, humble love to her daughter today, that she could be a safe place for her daughter to share what she's struggling with, that she could reverse the cycle of pain in her family's story and that she could, that connection can grow, that the enemy would not get a foothold in telling her lies that um, the situation is too far gone. And we pray, Lord, that you would guide us all in our parenting, that we would turn to you first over any other source, um, that you would give us insight into what to say, what not to say, and to recognize where we are leaning on our own efforts and not turning to you and the work that you are doing in our lives and in our kids' lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks y'all for joining me today. I do hope that you are uh, full of hope for the new year. I know that that hope is a, when you need it, it's a big loaded word. And um, sometimes we can hear it and not recognize how much power it can hold to those who are hurting. So praying hope over you as you head into this new year and I'll see you back here next week. Adios. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.